Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Eric Jensen. He's the founder, president, and chief investment officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management, uh, a wealth management firm based in Westboro, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Eric. Well, thank you, Jordan. Appreciate the uh, invite and look forward to uh, spending some time with you. So let's just start with a little bit of your background uh, in leading up to creating Aspen Aspen Cross and just kind of a little bit of background about the firm. Sure. So I started in the uh, financial services industry a little over 30 years ago now, right out of right out of school. Uh, wanted to be a teacher, but uh, somehow ended up in in financial services. And you know, quite honestly, I, I think in the end it ended up being a teaching career anyhow, as as that's really what you do every day, I suppose, when you're working with your clients. And so over the last uh, you know, number of years, uh, we I've been running a, a independent firm, uh, as you just noted, Aspen Cross Wealth Management, and today we're uh, doing all kind of neat things that hopefully in the next uh, few minutes we can we can talk about. So basically, your clients are pre-retirees and retirees. Is that the market you go after? Is that right? I would say that's a vast majority of of folks. Of course, that's a pretty broad definition and covers most mostly everyone, doesn't it? <laughs> So what is their biggest concern that the clients bring to you today who are near retirement or in retirement? Sure. I think the the biggest thing that we focus on uh, as a firm and, and one of the reasons why we ended up going independent is to really change what financial planning uh you know, was in terms of the the manner in which it was delivered and and what was delivered, and so clients come to us, I think, mainly today because of not necessarily what we do, but how we do it. I, I think in the end, you know, we take the the term holistic planning to a, a whole new level, and the biggest thing that I think that means is that we really focus on outcomes uh, versus kind of a linear, you know, planning. Uh, approach that a lot of firms take and and those outcomes are really did we make a difference in these clients lives right are they living a better life because they met us um, and we've engaged them and and or they engaged us in helping them to achieve their best life is one of their concerns not earning enough yield off their assets to live a decent life and what do you tell them to earn higher yields I don't know if that's their biggest concern. I, I think folks will certainly ask that question, and and if they do, then we'll kind of bring them full circle back to let's talk about where you're at today in life. Whether you're just retired, you're getting ready for retirement, you've been retired for a number of years. Uh, share with me what how, how are things going, or what do you, what would you like your retirement to look like? And so we get them to focus more on again outcomes, right, versus the path to getting those outcomes, which is rates of return and yield and, and things of that nature. Why don't you just give me an example of somebody who came to you, maybe wasn't in bad shape, but you improved their situation dramatically with your process. Just kind of give us an example of how that might have worked. Sure. And, and I'm going to go back to the original premise, right, that it's all about them having a, a better life. And, and that can mean all, all kind of things. And so I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example. And so when we're sitting with a client, one of the core questions, of course, is, you know, what is that ideal life that you want to have? And most folks have a vision of that, although sometimes it takes a little bit of prodding uh, to, to get that answer. 
And then the next logical question is, well, what's preventing you from, from living that? What's preventing you from doing that? And through this process of really trying to figure out why they aren't living the life that they want, and it could be somebody who's still working who hates their job. It could be somebody who'd like to travel, but they can't afford it. And so we then begin the process of determining where they're at financially. And I'll just speak of client, a, a particular client who had plenty of funds. Uh, that really wasn't an issue, uh, but they had nobody to travel with. And you might think, well, what does that have to do with financial planning? And so it goes back to why they hire us, right? They hire us because we share with them that our role in your life is to help you to do those things that for some reason today, you can't figure out what's preventing you from doing them. And we went out and we helped this person find um, online uh, an organization in their local community that uh, they joined. And as being part of this organization, they were able to uh, meet some new folks and finally um, have the courage to go out and join their travel club. And, and now this person travels several times a year. And it really had nothing to do with how much money this person had. They really had no idea how to go about finding somebody to travel with in a, in a, in a safe way. Great. Well, you're a dating agency as well, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a group. Group said it. Very good. Now, as far as managing money, you are a, a registered investment advisor, RIA, is that correct? Yes. So do you pick individual stocks? you pick money managers? When you invest money, how do you do it? Yeah, great question. And so obviously there's a lot of uh, competition in, in, in our industry and there's more every day. Um, with the you know launch of all type of technology providers, robo platforms, and so on, and I think what what we do on the investment side is also a little different as compared to what we do on the on the financial planning side. And so, you know, unlike a lot of firms today who either will use mostly index or passive investing, uh, combined with sending that money out to a third party money manager. We manage our assets in-house. Um, we typically will use an individual uh, equity and fixed income portfolio. And you'd be surprised, Jordan, when you're sitting with clients and helping them to understand the basics of investing in you know, how individual stocks work, that they get a real interest in it. And not all of them, certainly, but it's, it's a lot more exciting to talk about owning yeah, you know, an Amazon or a Google or, or, or an Apple uh, than it is to say, hey, how's that index fund doing? And so we spent a lot of time uh, offering clients the ability to learn about what they own, to understand why they own it, uh, even to understand if you have Procter & Gamble, what, look around your house. You, you're probably already using the products that um, you now own a, a piece of that company. And I think for us, that's what helps to set us apart on, on the money management side combined with what we do on the financial planning side. So it sounds like on the spectrum of active to passive investment, you're more on the active side thinking you can outperform the indexes. A lot of people have given up today and are pretty much just using indexes. Why do you think you can do better than the indexes? Well, let's, let's go back to, you know, the, the conversation about outcomes, you know, the, I think for for many folks, if you focus on returns, if you focus on, you know, those types of things as indications as to how you're doing, then 
it's a it's a it's a it's a fast ride to zero in terms of the the management fees you're going to be able to collect, and so for a lot of clients, it's creating a portfolio that's designed to meet whatever specific needs they have for uh, their particular situation, and we're really focused on that from a whether it's a dividend stock portfolio that they may use to provide income at, at some point um, versus buying an annuity uh, they create their own um, and so I think it's it's really more about that it's designing a customized solution it's um, showing value that is beyond just just returns now that doesn't mean obviously that one is better than the other um, it's just not a conversation that typically comes up very often now one of the things you emphasize is socially responsible investing is that something a lot of people are asking for these days? And how do you implement socially responsible investing with so many companies out there? I would say it's it's more and more folks are asking about it, but to say it's a, a large portion, um, not yet. Uh, I, I think it's probably something that's still fairly new in a lot of folks' minds. And, and I would say it's mostly for our younger clients who would tend to bring it up. But it is certainly something that more and more people are interested in. And for that, we would um, put them, um, or I shouldn't say put them, but we would help them to understand what that means uh, from an investment standpoint. And then we would chat with them about what types of investments do they want to include? And more specifically, what type of investments do they want to exclude um, based on you know what their thoughts are? Do you find that socially responsible investing can give you the best of both worlds, you get better returns and you're avoiding problems? Or is it limiting the narrow, the universe, uh, where you're missing a lot of opportunities? Well, I, I, I certainly think it depends on what the parameters are that the client might give you. If the parameters are extremely narrow, then that could be pretty limiting uh, as to what investments are available in that very narrow universe. If it's more broad, then there's obviously much more investment opportunities to choose from and and quite honestly there really shouldn't be and there isn't much difference between a socially responsible portfolio and a in a broad-based uh, portfolio so it really depends on the type of portfolio that clients looking for so it sounds like most of what you're doing is excluding certain companies for doing things that you don't like would that be like Gambling or smoking or dr guns or military. What are some of the things that you would typically exclude in a socially responsible portfolio? Uh, well, I think you just named uh, a lot of the big ones. Uh, sometimes it's it's defense uh, as well, um, and then you have um, you know more specific uh, folks that just want to invest in their local economy, believe it or not, or the local community, um, and and be active in supporting companies in in you know their own area which is maybe not necessarily socially responsible but somewhat related yeah okay uh, but so you're, you're again doing individual stocks you're not doing socially responsible funds or managed socially responsible funds is that the way you're doing it that's right yep okay uh another area you you talk about uh is um women investing particularly uh you you talk about uh divorce and widowhood is that a major issue that women kind of get to a point where they've got a certain amount of capital, but they don't have expertise in how to invest it that you can help them with? Well, that's certainly 
a very stressful time for anybody uh, who may be going th- through a divorce, particularly on the on the financial side uh, as well. And uh, I think for many uh, individuals, it's really just trying to figure out first and foremost, you know, where am I going to land? Uh, what am I going to, you know, have? Uh, once things uh, settle and when that happens, you know, what, what next, what, what do I now do? What are some of the decisions I should be making now in order to make sure that when all these, um, uh, you know, steps that you need to go through, um, finally are completed that I'm going to be okay. And that could be from, where are you going to live to what your income going to look like? What debts are you going to have um, as part of that, that divorce settlement? And what's your retirement now going to look like? Has, has it changed? And if so, what do we need to do to get you back on track? Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Eric Jensen. He's the president and chief investment officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management, based in Westboro, Massachusetts. You can find out more about him at his website, which is aspencross.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We've all been there. Struggling to keep up with credit card payments? Searching for a simpler, safer way out of debt? Well, here it is. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments, and they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt, and it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information, Visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Has your small business been turned down for a loan by the bank? Is lack of capital hindering your business growth? Small businesses unable to obtain bank financing or tired of merchant cash advances can now get the financing they need. Corporate Lending Solutions provides short and long-term capital, revolving lines of credit, and unsecured business loans. Does your business need help with payables, supplies, or payroll? Corporate Lending Solutions has powerful programs to help. While getting a small business loan can be a long, daunting process, with Corporate Lending Solutions, it's simple and takes only one to three days. Call 800-261-6478 or visit CorporateLendingSolutions.com to learn more. 800-261-6478. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Eric Jensen. He's the President and Chief Investment Officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management, based in Westboro, Massachusetts. Their website, aspencross.com. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Well, thank you. So you train your clients to use technology uh, in the whole financial planning process. Tell me how that works a little bit. Sure. So if we go back to just this whole premise of financial planning and, and why somebody would hire a financial planner, usually outside of maybe getting some questions answered, you know, regarding general finances, you know, student loan debt and uh, you know how to buy a home and am I saving enough for retirement the the real reason and sometimes it's the unspoken reason that somebody's contacting us is to try to figure out how do I best utilize what I have in order to again live the life that I'd really like to have and you can only do so much right with whatever resources you have and then you have to start thinking about other ways that we can help this client to achieve that goal, right, of, of living that life they want. And so let me give you a couple couple examples. And so, you know, with technology today, and when we talk about technology, we're really kind of talking about the digitization, right, of, of pretty much everything, right? Everything's connected today. Um, we have this whole peer-to-peer economy thing going on. And, you know, there's there's two really big things that, well, three, I'll say, that outside of, of normal financial planning um, things you might help somebody with that we can use technology to um, a show clients how to get some time back right time is a very very valuable resource and so something somebody might say to me in a financial planning meeting is I don't have time to do that I wish I had time to do that and so whether it's spending more time with their family whether it's spending more time on their financial matters and so time is a difficult thing these days um, to manage. We're all running around uh, very, very busy lives. And so what are some technology tools that we can introduce to this client if they're not tech savvy and many of them are not? Um, one is virtual assistants, right? And they've been around for a while. Siri is probably the first one that we're all familiar with. And so if they've never heard of a virtual assistant, then we'll teach them how to use a virtual assistant. Uh, and that could be, you know, anything from, you know, the Alexa uh, to the Cortano. And, and by showing them how you can use these tools to do things that today is probably taking you a lot more time, uh, they're beginning to get some time back. Things like TaskRabbit, right? Taking a look at apps that are out there that can help save time uh, in terms of getting some household uh, things done that they just don't seem to have the time to find that person. Uh, the other one is money, right? Everyone's looking to save money. And so I can tell you how many folks will chat with, particularly with young kids, who would love to have more time um, to go on vacation, would love to take their kids to Disney. And they're just, just making ends meet now. How are they going to do that? And so there's technology, and, and it is technology out there 
that we can help plug them into that shows them how to use various reward cards to earn rewards, credits, by just taking a look at where they spend their money today and spend it more strategically using these various cards uh, through an app. And we just had a, a, a family uh, last summer uh, who for the first time traveled to Disney with their, with their three kids and they traveled for free. And they did it just by using the same ex- or paying the same expenses they paid before, but paying them in a different way. Um, and that is an example of, of money, right? There's all types of, of apps out there that can help clients um, to do that. The other one's health. Um, with this wearable technology getting more and more and more sophisticated, um, many clients who, again, are not really paying attention to, to kind of this new technology, we introduce that into their lives and show them how they can use that to either help monitor their health, to help them get some coaching uh, on better eating habits, better sleeping habits. And so we do that in three ways. We do it individually when we're sitting with each client going through again what their goals and objectives are and, and what is that that's standing in your way to achieving that. And so we'll talk to them about the technology tools that might help them hit those objectives. We do it in the form of webinars and WebExes for our clients. We teach them uh, how to use different tools that become available. We have the, the new tool a month that, that we've discovered that we want to share with our clients. And then we do it in in-person workshops where, once again, we'll talk about some of the technologies that are out there that can help clients save time, money, or uh, improve their health. So you help them and save time, money, and improve their health. That's something most financial planning firms probably don't get into much. Is that what you're saying? That's just it. And that was, I guess, one of the big reasons why we decided to go independent uh, and become an RIA is we saw an opportunity to really change uh, how financial planning or financial advice was was being delivered. And even though there's been a lot of technology changes in how advice is delivered, the type of advice that was being delivered really didn't change much. It was, yeah, I could get it on my Apple Watch now, how much is in my 401k. I could figure out uh, what I earned yesterday, but who's going to help me how to figure out how to use technology to do what we just talked about? You know, that's not something that normally is going to fit neatly into a, um, you know, a robo-type platform or even into a financial advisor's normal way of doing business. Yeah. So this kind of leads to the blockchain, which you're very interested in. Um, maybe for people who are not familiar, just kind of give us a brief description of what the blockchain is and how you use it and how it can make the whole financial planning process more efficient. Sure. Well, I guess the best way to start by talking about blockchain is to talk about probably the the way it all started, right? And and that was with this inception of, of Bitcoin back in, in 2009. And so as I share with my clients, um, you know, Bitcoin can't live without blockchain, but blockchain can live without Bitcoin. And, and let's just explain what those two are and, and what makes them different. And I'll, I'll start with Bitcoin and then work my way into blockchain because I think maybe we'll understand it better. And so we're all hearing about Bitcoin through various media sources and, and there probably isn't many folks out there who haven't at least heard the word. Um, and so what is it? And it's basically three things, right? Bitcoin is, is um, 
Let me tell you what it isn't, right? It's, it's not a coin. Uh, so the name is is certainly a little little deceiving. Uh, so Bitcoin is not a coin. Um, it's actually nothing more than a, a data entry into a ledger, right? And so mm -hmm. when somebody says I have a Bitcoin uh, or I'm going to invest in Bitcoin, they're really just um, talking about uh, having a, an entry that's made in a giant spreadsheet, if you will, that's called uh, the blockchain. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. And so Bitcoin's really a, a, a technology, uh, which is what we're going to talk about. It's a currency, a digital currency, uh, and it's a network. And so when we think about Bitcoin, it's really all three of those things. It's built on this technology that's called the blockchain. And, and so what is, what is blockchain? Um, and so what blockchain really is, it's a just the technical term for it is it's a distributed, shared, programmable ledger, which is in English very similar to a Google Docs that we might be familiar with, right, or a file sharing program that, that's on the Internet. Um, and so just think of this giant spreadsheet, if you will, that's available on the Internet for anybody to view um, that. Uh, really stores data, in this instance, data about who owns what Bitcoins. Um, and that's the neat thing about, I guess, the blockchain and what makes blockchain um, something that's talked about almost as much as, as Bitcoin, if, if not more, is blockchain allowed for really the first time folks to, in this instance, uh, communicate with other folks by way of a, a currency uh, without having any intermediary involved, right? It was the first time that we could send a payment virtually anywhere in the world to another party without having a bank or any other intermediary involved. And that's really what makes blockchain so unique is that it uses cryptography as a way to secure um, the information that not only is on there, but as a way to secure the transactions that are taking place on there. And so how do you use it with your own clients? Do you have your accounts that clients go on to the blockchain to see what's going on with their accounts? No, it, it, it isn't used that way. If, if, if a client is interested in learning about what this whole thing is 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 about right this this bitcoin and blockchain and, and all of that then we'll educate them on usually we'll start with you know bitcoin basics and then work backwards into what blockchain is and if somebody wants to look at the blockchain right anybody can download the bitcoin blockchain at, at bitcoin.org um but it's not very interesting, right? It's nothing more than you'll see a series of, of transactions taking place, which just looks like a bunch of letters and numbers. Um, but um, you can look at every single transaction all the way back to the, the, to the very first transaction if you so chose, but it's not overly exciting. Okay, very good. We're going to take another break and then come back and talk a little bit more about Bitcoin and, and blockchain, which certainly has attracted people's attention these days. They don't particularly understand it, but it's, it's clearly coming into focus. Uh, my, my, my guest this hour is Eric Jansen. He's president and chief investment officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management based in Westboro, Massachusetts. You can find out more about him and his firm at aspencross.com. We'll be back after this. 
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how you can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Eric Jensen, President and Chief Investment Officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management based in Westboro, Massachusetts. You can find out more at his website, aspencross.com. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Thank you, Jordan. We were talking about the blockchain and Bitcoin a little bit. Now, some people think Bitcoin's been wildly volatile. It surged, it's plunged, it surged. Uh, when, when people see the price of it going down, they say Bitcoin's going to go away. You have a much deeper understanding of the role of Bitcoin as an alternative currency for the future. Just kind of lay out how that's going to play out in people's lives as Bitcoin becomes a bigger part of the picture. Sure. Well, if you kind of look back as to the history of money, right, and, and kind of how this whole world started using various forms of uh, what we called money, right, from the early days, uh, you know, where it was, um, you know, seashells, right, to uh, then using uh, precious metals like gold and silver and eventually 
um, to using, you know, coins. And from there, we started using paper, right? And if you kind of think about, if you can imagine putting yourself back in, in, in those days when somebody told you we're no longer accepting gold coins, we're going <laughs> to use paper, right? What their reaction would have been, right? A, a, a slip of paper was probably something that took years for somebody to get used to, that that was a representation of money. But now you, and then it was credit cards, right? And we went from paper to to then a piece of plastic that that represented money and now we have digital currencies and and bitcoin's just one of of several uh, hundred if if it's actually well, way more than 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 a thousand even today but bitcoin's the, the the most known and and so really all bitcoin is is a is a digital representation of value and money is nothing more than a way that we communicate with each other as to value, right? And so, quite honestly, if we all wanted to go back to trading seashells and we all agreed to do that, we could, right? There's nothing preventing us from doing that. And so, I, I think the first thing that that a lot of folks will say is that, you know, Bitcoin has no value, right? It was created from thin air and and therefore it's, it's worthless. And, and, you know, it's interesting when folks say that, um, and you know, certainly I can see where they're coming from, um, but, Bitcoin or anything, um, for that matter, is worth whatever people say it's worth. And that's the first key thing to understand. The other important thing to understand, though, is how do we even get to this point, right? Why was it created to to begin with? And why is there so much um, chatter about it? And if you kind of really think about the the birth of the Internet, um, you know, geez, we're talking 30 30 years ago now or, or quite a long period of time, and how long it took for the internet to catch on, right? When the internet first came out, it was, um, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, people would would uh, comment that that's well, that's just really used by uh, folks uh, for illegal activities. Uh, it's not going to be around for long, and and you know, it's just this big toy that people are playing with, and and that's kind of what they're saying about Bitcoin. But in 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 a way. Uh, Society today is extremely digitized. Uh, we're connected globally with each other through through the internet. Yet our payment systems are extremely outdated. There's over or close to 200 currencies in the world today, and you know it's it's interesting that you have this this internet that I can communicate with anybody in the world. I can buy products from people all over the world. Yet I don't have a currency that I can easily utilize on a worldwide basis. And so one of the first use cases, if you will, for Bitcoin or anything like it, all right, a digital currency, is that it's it's borderless. It allows folks to be able to transact on, on a global scale for the first time without using an intermediary, and they throw that on top of that, um, that's a game changer. And not only is it a game changer, it, it comes at the exact time that we're going through this massive digital transformation of, of virtually um, every industry and in, in every part of our lives. And so you call really, that the, uh, the fourth industrial revolution, right? That's right. Yeah. So, we can, so how, how is that affecting? I mean, some people would be very scared of that. Some people think it's got a lot of opportunity. How do you deal with clients who are and, and their perception of how this fourth industrial revolution is going to change their lives? Well, when we use that word fourth industrial revolution, which really can mean a lot of things, but I think 
the way that folks are describing it is, and, and I should give credit to, there, there's a book written called The uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution, which was one of the best uh, books I've read on the topic uh, by Klaus uh, Schwab, uh, who is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. And, and he wrote this book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution, which uh, really has a lot of interesting information that, you know, kind of makes you sit back and think about, wow, you know, you have this, this uh, fusion of all these different technologies all happening at once, right? From digital technology, that's the internet, that's our ability to have on-demand services. Think of the, the peer-to-peer, um, you know, we call them the disruptors, right? From Airbnb to Uber to Lyft, where I don't need to call a cab company today to, uh, you know, get, get a taxi. I can just communicate um, peer-to-peer to, to um, you know, find a, a ride that happens to be much hopefully much, much cheaper. Yeah. And a lot of this is brought on by this kind of increase in, in everything being connected today. Then you have the, you know, kind of this physical world that's going on, right? And it's, again, all being brought on by um, advances in computing power in the declining size of these sensing chips. And now what do we have? We have autonomous vehicles being tested, you know, 3D printing um, where you can, uh, you know, print, just about anything, and one of the things that is is being experimented with, and this goes on to the third thing, and that's the biological, right? The the gene sequencing and the ability to edit, um, you know, genes and so on. And you know, they're using 3D printing now and experimenting with printing, you know, organs. And yeah. you know, I mean, what some is this? People see all this and are scared by it, and they think that this is going to mean a huge amount of job loss that in the past would have been done by human hands that's going to be done by computers and 3D printers and all that. Is, is this to you mostly an exciting positive view or is it something that people should be scared of because there's going to be a lot of job loss because of the fourth industrial revolution? It's a great question. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of different ways to answer that question. And obviously I don't, I don't think anybody knows for sure, but, but here's a good way to look at it. If you kind of think back, as to some of the other revolutions that we've gone through with with technology, even the invention of of the internet, if you will, right? Um, where, well, that's going to put a lot of stores out of business now that we can shop online, and maybe we're seeing some of that, right? With with Amazon and so on, and we are, yes. <laughs> but then in the end, you know, where are some of those jobs going? Well, we still need folks to package these goods. We need still need folks to ship these goods. Um, and so the jobs are just changing from one type to another. And I think you're going to see that even when robots, right, uh, or anything that's automated um, begins to replace a, a human, um, there'll be new jobs that come out as, as a result of that. And obviously nobody knows, well, how long is that going to take, right? How long is it going to take between job losses and, and new jobs being created? And, um, you know, we'll have to see. But I, I don't think it's anything to fear. I think, if anything, it's something to look forward to because a lot of these technologies are really going to improve our lives in ways we can't even imagine. Even in the financial field... You've got robo-advisors now, and some firms have actually uh, fired their portfolio managers and replaced them with computers and artificial intelligence. 
Um, and a lot of things are done overseas. Uh, accounting is done in India now because it doesn't have to be done by here. Uh, kind of globalizing things. In your specific field, in the financial services field, is it going to make a major inroad to have all this artificial intelligence and, and robo-advising? Sure. I, I, I think it's going to turn the financial services industry, you know, upside down uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, kind of going back to this blockchain, and we only spent about two seconds on it and probably didn't help anybody to better understand it, you know, in that quick two seconds. But, um, you know, blockchain, by by being this, um, and, and, and really back, just back to blockchain for a second, just think of blockchain really as a, a software program, right? It's, it's very similar to, you know, the internet, right, and, and what that's built on. So if you think of the internet, right, nobody controls it, nobody owns it. There's nobody preventing me from building a website today and having anybody in the world be able to view it, right? It's open source. Anybody can use it. You really want to think about the blockchain as really kind of the same thing, right, where anybody can, this is a public blockchain, anybody can view it. It's available for inspection. Uh, however, um, it can be used in a variety of different ways in the sense that whatever the the data is that I want to store within this blockchain is protected through uh, crypto uh, cryptography, which is really just a fancy name for taking the data that's in there and converting it into something that is uh, unintelligible, right? You can't read it, right? It takes a block of data, whatever that data is. It, could be my phone number, it could be my address, it could be my favorite color, and it converts it to a string of letters and numbers that mean nothing. But it's those letters and numbers, uh, bits, if you will, hashes, that the world can see. They can't see what's behind it. And the other interesting thing about the blockchain is what's, whatever is stored on it, uh, and again, this is a very simplistic conversation, uh, becomes uh, immutable, right? Meaning it can't be changed. And because it's, it's something that can be seen by everybody in a public blockchain, it's something that is cryptographically secure. Um, the way it can be used is in a wide variety of industries from putting birth certificates on it or land titles to um, probably social security numbers and, and you name it. Um, it's going to change how data is stored and it's going to change our ability or our need, if you will, to use a middleman. I'll give you a quick example. And so today, uh, a record company uh, uh, controls a lot of that income, right, for that, that artist. Um, I mean, yeah. And that same artist then has to pay the distributor, right, of their music, whoever that is. And what the blockchain is going to allow, and it's it's these things are being built today, is for an artist to be able to put their music onto a blockchain-based application that allows them to sell that music, if you will, share that music with their customers directly. And if they're customers, if you will, or your listeners, I should say, uh, like that music, they'll be able to purchase it directly from... In a more secure way, you're saying, without having the middleman, you're saying, yes. That's right. Well, think about a middleman, right? We we usually use middlemen because we don't trust the other party, right? We don't trust that that other party is going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And that's why we have banks. That's why we, you know, would go to a, um, a record label, right? And so with a blockchain, which can be set up in a way that you don't have to trust a middleman, you trust the network, right? It's being secured by a network of computers 
versus a centralized source, um, that opens up a wide variety of, of uses, which is, is really what's happening. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Eric Jensen. He's the president and chief investment officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management based in Westboro, Massachusetts. His website, aspencross.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Looking for an investment option? Consider secured real estate income strategies. Secured Real Estate Income Strategies is a real estate-backed option offering investments with a monthly income objective. The goal of the strategy is to lend money to real estate developers. SREIS offers an 8% preferred return per annum, plus a share in any profits. While there is risk, including loss of capital, and you should carefully read the offering circular for full details, Secured Real Estate Income Strategies screens each real estate loan carefully. Call 888-444-2102 or visit securedrealestatefunds.com to learn more. 888-444-2102. Jordan Goodman is an advisor to and part owner in Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. This does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Securities offered through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Eric Jansen, President and Chief Investment Officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management based in Westboro, Massachusetts. His website, aspencross.com. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. So one area you concentrate on is what's called alternative investments. These are not the traditional stocks and bonds and mutual funds. What are some of the alternative investments that you recommend to clients and how can you pick which are good ones to put money into? Sure. I think the key with alternative investments is trying to uh, help a client uh, diversify their portfolio 
into something that is not going to have the same correlation, if you will, right, with with their other assets. Meaning, you know, the old saying: when things are going down, we we want to try to have some things that are are either going up or or aren't going down by as much. And and so that really is what this whole concept of alternatives is, right? Alternative meaning that it's an alternative to traditional stocks and bonds. And so for that, I mean, there's a wide variety of alternatives, of course, that are out there. Uh, you know, one of them certainly people talk about is, is, is gold, right? And taking a look at uh, gold as a potential alternative, and particularly in times of uh, stress, either in the economy or in the, in the global economy, then, then people sometimes will... Uh, want to take a look at gold as a way to to hide out, if you will, right? And and so there, you know, we would look at um, usually ETFs. Uh, in that instance, we're not going to certainly buy individual gold uh, that um, you know are backed. So you do like it. GLD, GLD, or something like that. Or? That's probably the primary yeah. one that that yeah. that we would use. Um, but yeah, and then from that, as you have uh, certainly real estate trusts that uh, can also provide. Uh, not only you know non non correlation to traditional assets, but can also provide a different source of of income uh, above and beyond what what they may be relying on today from either their bond income or or, or, or dividend stock income. Um, you know, from that you you do have folks that uh, are using um, in the, a lot of times in self directed IRAs. Uh, they're using that to get involved in digital currencies and, you know, that is certainly being explored as an area of, uh, you know, maybe it's a new asset class. Maybe it's an asset class that uh, will You think will that's be, a good idea, kind of as a speculation to actually be buying into Bitcoin and Ethereum and all those yeah, other? Yeah, we don't. We don't recommend buying, holding, or selling any particular cryptocurrency. Uh, we educate our clients on what they are, mm -hmm. uh, how exchanges work, how to secure, you know, whatever assets you have. Um, but, you know, on a on a pure um, educational level, uh, academic level, it certainly appears that cryptocurrencies um, do not. Um, correlate well, you know, with the stock market, and you know, certainly at times it might appear that it is, um, but too soon to tell. But I think, you know, over time we're going to see that perhaps this is the beginnings of a of a brand new asset class, mm -hmm. and I feel that it probably is, but you know, I think it's still a little too early to tell. Let's go to some other subjects before we close here, uh, which is Social Security. You have a whole section on uh, Social Security uh, claiming strategies. Uh, just be before we get into claiming strategies, are you pretty confident in the future of Social Security, or do you think something's not going to work there the way things are going now? Yeah, I think it's a subject area that people you know, like to talk about relative to whether it is or it isn't going to be there. I, I think based on today, right, based on how the world works today, uh, I would say it's it's definitely going to be there. Um, that's just not an area that they're likely to, to you know, let fall apart. Uh, there's too many folks that, that depend on it. And I think no matter what you hear, uh, that's something that is probably going to be around for a while. Uh, what we don't know, of course, is with everything that we've been chatting about for the last hour, uh, how is all of that going to maybe change just this whole concept of Social Security? I think nobody knows, and that's a, a different conversation, but 
I don't what are some I'd of the be... mistakes that people make in claiming Social Security? They claim it too early, or what are some of the pitfalls that people run into that they don't get their maximum benefit? Yeah, I, I think the biggest mistake that people make, quite honestly, is thinking that they don't have a lot of options, right? I think they know that, hey, if I collect it before this particular age, I'm going to get less. If I work longer than than this particular age, that that is my normal retirement date, I'm going to get more. And maybe that's their, you know, kind of extent to the knowledge that they have when in reality there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to Social Security. And you really want to make sure before you make that decision that you've taken a look at the different, we call them claiming options, or we don't call claim, that's what they're called. And there's uh, dozens and dozens of, of ways that somebody can claim their Social Security that all has different you know, pros and cons. And I think the the most important thing for a client to do is to make sure they've gone through the various ways that they can claim it and coordinate the claiming of their Social Security with their spouse if they have one and also with the other income that they have. I think the one of the things that we do see a lot is where clients will claim their social first and then live off of their retirement income like IRAs later on in life when a lot of times it makes sense to do the opposite and you know maybe because you've got a bigger benefit by waiting that's right and i think that's yeah. one of the biggest mistakes and why is that because let's go back to what we just said a lot of people know on a on a you know a kind of a broad basis that well i know if i wait then i'm going to get more but then eh, what if you know blah 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 and so they end up you know taking it too early instead and it leads to a lifetime of, of lower income. We have about two minutes to go. Why don't you kind of sum up what we've talked about in the last hour, all the changes you see going on and how it should affect people's financial future and how you can help them navigate all that. Sure. I think there's three things that, that I guess I'll say is, is number one, um, when you're looking at hiring a financial planner, when you're looking at a financial planner, um, you know, if if you're really hoping to hire somebody who's going to help you live the life that you want, and that should be one of the main reasons you're hiring a financial planner, you know, I would ask them how they're going to help you to do that and really interview several of them to make sure that you find the one that, that you know, works best for you, uh, keeping in mind a lot of things that we chatted about. Number two, you know, don't be afraid of, of uh Bitcoin. Don't be afraid of, you know, what's going on out there in, in the digital currency space. Um, don't listen to everything you hear. Uh, most of the things you hear are not well studied. Uh, learn about it. And I think as you learn about it, you'll see how it really fits in to the whole digitization of the world. And last but not least, um, I would uh, just talk about this this whole fourth industrial revolution and and start to talk about with whoever manages your money, how can you get involved in investing in companies that um, are going to capitalize on a lot of things that we're chatting about. There's a lot of new and exciting opportunities that are being created by um, everything that's going on around us. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Eric Jensen. He's the President and Chief Investment Officer at Aspen Cross Wealth Management, based in Westboro, Massachusetts. You can find out more about Eric at his website, aspencross.com. Thanks so much for a very stimulating hour on The Money Answer Show, Eric. Thanks for having me. 
And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.